0: Good evening everyone. This is a, the Friday Night Weekly Review and I'm Albert Bogle and I'm here with our usual guests. We've got James Cascart who's with us and also Laura Digan. Hello. And our, our 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 special guest this evening is John Povey, the minister from Mid Calder who's been our writer this week. Hello there John, good to have you with us.
1: Hi Albert, thank you. Good to be here tonight.
0: Yeah, I know that we're having a wee bit technical difficulty with your sound, but if you keep your finger on the button, we'll be there, I'm sure. Um, but um, yeah, so what's your week been like, John? My week,
1: well, generally every week's mm. much the same these days. Quite quiet. I'm not uh, obviously being, well, not getting out and about very much. I, ha- I was vaccinated on Tuesday. So I excited about that! That's the first one. The, the Pfizer vaccine. So that was a wee jaunt, a wee morning out. Right. Uh, quite good actually, because I got to meet quite a lot of local folk. Uh, a lot of my neighbours were invited to the same place for the vaccination. So I mean, that was that was the highlight of the. <laughs>
0: Well, it's good. I mean, I, I got my vaccine last Friday, and uh, I came, so that's fine. I feel so, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm, I'm I'm waiting now for the next one. And of course, say uh, Laura and James, you guys are just too young. Oh, to uh, you just... well, we've got it's a, be a week while week. for us. have got to wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, I think it's quite a while away yet for yeah.
1: us.
0: So, what kind of week have you had, Laura?
3: Um... It's been uh, it's been busy. very much focused on Lent, which is our theme for this evening. Yes. Um. So um, been really focusing on that. Um, with our connect groups. Um, and we've uh, got a Lent retreat tomorrow. So um, been doing a lot of planning for that. Um, but other than that. It's been fairly quiet and just walking dogs and hanging out at the stables. It's uh no, not been a n- nothing exciting. At least
0: but you get out and about with your with your dogs and with your horses. I mean, yes,
3: you... I, uh-huh.
0: yeah. uh huh. Um... It's not it's not not much change for you. you just no. like talking with the animals anyway.
3: <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Laura Doolittle.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Laura Doolittle. That's not a very good title for a minister. Laura Doolittle. I was gonna say uh, I said it and then I
2: thought that sounds harsh, doesn't it, Laura, oh, Laura does that's lots, it. clearly
0: <laughs> That's why it's she ironic. likes
2: these <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's why she likes these retreats. You know, you don't need to do too you just do a little, you know. <laughs> Often retreat, talking to the Lord. Yes.
2: Yeah. Doctor Laura Doolittle. Give you your full title. Give you your full Yeah.
1: Uh,
0: And James, what kind of week have you had? What's your week been like?
2: Well, I can tell you what it has not featured a lot of, um, and that is sleep um i am incredibly sleep deprived this week um my my daughter is um one as you know and uh, has been a, I think they call them mental leaps she's been going through a mental leap at the oh, moment yes. in her development um which is amazing like she's doing all sorts now and and just the other day i was taking clothes off the like the clothes horse, and she just started helping she was just you know she was toddling over and she was pulling stuff off and putting them in the basket then she was ripping them back out of the basket but you know like the, the intent was there um but the consequence of all of this kind of sparkiness and development is just waking up you know so early so i'm often just up at all hours and i kind of i'm losing track of what time it is a little bit at the moment you know <laughs> when people are like out in space or i've got a friend who works in the south pole and there's this kind of phenomenon they talk about in the south pole where you know, obviously during their winter you just just lose track of time and uh, I feel like I've got a slight (laughs) insight into what that's like at the moment so I have to remind myself it's 9 p.m not 9 a.m currently
0: (laughs) (laughs) well I've just been thinking about Lent and our theme this week has been uh, looking through the eyes of your heart and uh, this whole theme of uh, trying to get Laura, when you were working on that, what, how do you think that took you? Last Sunday, let's just go back to last week and the, the service you put together, looking through the eyes of your heart. You know, where was that taking you? How did you feel that was taking you? Because it ended up, with, there was a, a focus on the, the, and I think John was talking about it as well, but there was a focus on the, the transfiguration of Jesus.
3: Yes, aha. Uh-huh. And it's, because uh, what I was thinking about was this, um, you know, being fully present to to what's happening around us, you know, to get rid of the distractions and the things that inhibit us, you know, because there's so much actually that, that I think inhibits us in mm-hmm. our, you know, in our relationship with God, you know, that stop us from just being fully present. Um, and so that's that's where I was thinking. Um, and I, I really think that, you know, people, I think people, especially just now, people are really seeking God. You know, they're seeking something. Um, and there's a, I also sense as well that there's this, you know, let, let's get rid of distractions. But I think people need confidence. They need some confidence and, you know, and, and build up to be able to actually like to be fully present and to let go of their inhibitions so that they can actually just, you know, kind of fully, fully face into these like wow moments. <laughs> yeah. And also the, the kind of small, wow, you know, the, the wee wow moments you get just like day to day as well. You know, being having your eyes opened, you know, having your eyes opened and the eyes of your heart open so that you can see God and not just the big things, but in the small things as well.
0: Yeah, uh-huh. and I guess also to see God at work in people's lives and to pick up on things as well, isn't yeah. it? so important.
3: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, yeah. and to be able to trust in that, you know, that that sense that, you know, that that it's the, the Holy Spirit, you know, the, the Holy Spirit is working, you know, within you and and around you. But also it's, you know, being able to trust in how the Holy Spirit is working in you to be able to see the, what's happening with people round about you and, you know, and, and to have the bravery to, you know, maybe ask, you know, speak, you know, just... Mm-hmm ask the questions and, you know, um, just to kind of sense it
0: and to trust those senses. Yeah, John, I'm just thinking about you in, in your work as a minister just now. In relation to what Laura's just been saying there, how difficult is it to be able to reach out to people just now in, in a lockdown? I mean, you're not allowed to go visiting or anything like that. So how do you reach out to people who are going through a difficult time?
1: I know, I know. I mean, even in, in case of bereavement, you can't go to people's houses. But after all these years of being used to doing that and sitting with folks, it's, it's quite challenging. And, of course, you know, a lot, a lot of people these days don't use the telephone as much as they used to. They're used to getting the phone out text or to email you know, or, you know, rather than just pick up the phone and talk. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think some people living alone would prefer that. So being able to phone for is a great thing.
0: So do you do that? Are you able to do that?
1: Do that to an extent. Try and connect with people. Just yeah. in touch. It's about the best other than, you know, putting service online on a a Sunday, but uh, some people don't have access to that, uh, to them, to some of the older people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard. I mean, people have been saying to me, I've been noticing some of the ministers in some of the forums have been talking about how difficult they find it to conduct funeral services with everyone wearing masks, that it's hard to see really... They gauge people's faces and their expressions and their feelings, mm-hmm. and they sometimes are not sure if they what they're seeing is um, is being is being
1: people are engaging with it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I know that can be difficult, and of course, seeing people sitting socially distant. That's actually- yeah. It's, it's a bit better now that people can sit in, in family groups but at the beginning of the lockdown there were only 10 allowed at a service and uh, everybody sat apart. It was really not good, not good at all.
3: You know, it was really quite distressing for people, that, that situation. The same. Um, um, I know myself, whenever I had um, attended a few funerals that the you know, the first time and only ten and and you could sense actually that that people wanted to you know people wanted to you know be able to touch each other for comfort mm-hmm. and they weren't able to one
2: of these things because bereavement is such a a strange and uncanny experience anyway. Um and one of the the sort of roles of, of a funeral service is to bring, you know, some sense of um, normality is the right term but reality at least you know a a sense of some kind of grounding Um, and so when that feels quite strange and unusual and I mean back at the beginning as well we were just getting our heads around what this even was this pandemic Um, and so I think there is kind of unfinished business probably that a lot of us have that will take kind of some years to process as we move on particularly people who've who have lost uh, loved ones over this time.
1: Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. I'm conscious too that I, I'm due to retire at the end of August and I have a bit of a queue of people wanting their babies baptised and <laughs> I really hope I'm able to do it before I retire mm-hmm. similarly with weddings as people put them off from last year i are uh, desperately hoping that I can, I can marry them
3: uh, yeah i know
2: <laughs> swoop in there and get a bunch of weddings done uh, <laughs>
3: and a mass
2: <master> duking <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> the
0: mid-calder folk are saying this is the time get your baby done before mr povey goes <laughs> oh dear oh yeah um but, but so here we are at Lent, John. I want to just ask you a wee bit about if you can speak because I think it's difficult to hear how. But I think the volume is getting a wee bit better now. But uh, I'm especially interested. You know, uh, James and uh, Laura, you may not know this, but but John, John is minister of a historic church, Mid Calder. It's a historic church, and uh, it's a Reformation church, isn't it, John? I wasn't there at that. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to just say a wee bit about the history of Mid Calder? Just give people a wee flavour of, of your church.
1: Well, the, the church building as it is today was founded before the Reformation. Uh, not long before, but on the site of a previous church. So most of the church that you see today is uh, from the 1540s. And uh we were proud to say that that John Knox was there, just physically. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the first minister was a man called John Spottiswoode, who was one of the six Johns who uh, compiled the, the, the you know the, the Confession of Scots Confession of Faith,
0: yeah.
1: first book of discipline. So it's quite a claim to fame.
0: And has you got to be joined to be the minister there? <laughs> An
2: unbroken chain of
1: John's. <laughs> the unbroken chain of Johns. I'll allow A John or a
2: Jane. As long as you've got a J. There'll
0: be people really saying, right. "We don't know if there'll be another John, so get your baby baptized."
3: <laughs>
0: the last of the
1: Johns. <laughs> I used a sit in the Church of Scotland for the first baby baptized when a new minister came, was given that minister's Christian names. Oh. Yeah. Going back, going back a you know century ago. Well, well more than a century ago. Mm-hmm. But, uh, in the last hundred years, there have only been three ministers in our church. Wow. The previous one came in 1949 and the one before him in 1808. Wow, <laughs> my goodness. Baby, he was the Reverend William Weir Clark, and the first baby that he baptized was given the names William Weir.
0: Gosh. So, did John, did you get, when you baptized the first baby, did you get a name? No. Was it named after you? No, they stopped
1: all that.
2: <laughs> You're, there could be a whole bunch of lauras coming into the world soon I think. <laughs> laura you could be out there uh... <laughs>
0: you should make that the case you could say yeah if you know every baby i baptize has got to have a laura in it
2: it could even, be a middle even, name it could be a middle name <laughs>
0: even if it's a boy
2: <laughs> Laura. Just a wee Laura in there. Uh, <laughs> Maybe you the Lawrence why, as well.
0: Can I say the reason why I was weaving this this same Reformation thing in is because of the Lent. Yeah. And of course John will give us a wee comment on this, but Reformate, Lent wasn't something that Presbyterians
1: sought to pursue. Why was that, John? Well, I mean it was the same with all the festivals and seasons. Uh, my knowledge of church history, but the, uh, you mean particularly Lent, or? Yeah,
0: I was just thinking about, uh, what do you think, why do you think the the, 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 reform, the, the reformers didn't like celebrating the Lent thing?
1: Well, probably, firstly because of its associations with the Catholic Church tried to make a complete clean break. And uh, I I think the attitude was that the sort of things we associate with Lent should have been carried out all the the year long, you know, the penitence and uh, abstinence and, and, you know, they, you know, couldn't just have been confined to a 40-day period. Yeah. It's
2: almost like they had a bigger problem with uh, Pancake Day than with with (laughs) sort of Tuesday.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I
0: wonder, too, if part of it is, too, with the kind of theology behind that we were saved by grace and not not by works. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: And, and so <clears throat> at Lent, what we, we, we've got to be very careful, I think, that we don't think in some way that we're, <clears throat> we're saving ourselves by doing X, Y, and Z. But instead, our, Lent, our response in Lent is, 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 a, is something towards gratitude, of, of, <clears throat> of reflecting back on something and trying to, I think, put life and get things in perspective.
1: Yeah, I think I mean I think I think the operative word there is the word we used which is response. You know, what we do in Lent should be a, a response rather than seeking to use <clears them, if throat> you like it should be something we want to do a kind of gratitude, as you say. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It links, John, um, to the piece <coughs> that wrote for us uh, yesterday, uh, the clearing away the cobwebs. Um, yeah. You were looking at Psalm uh, 51, you know, which is a um, quite typical mm-hmm. Ash Wednesday or Lent um, reading. Um, and so you've got that metaphor there about, you know, cleaning and clearing away and the kind of spring cleaning. But you begin the prayer with, with the line, merciful God, you desire of your people a transformation of the heart. And, and I think that's kind of what, Um, in terms of what Albert's saying what you've just been saying it's that sense of actually letting it really transform you you know really from the inside out as opposed to um, it's almost like our behaviours and the things that we do flow out of that transformation um, Mm -hmm. rather than doing these things to as Albert says in effect cash in you know some kind of benefit Mm -hmm.
1: God does in us rather than something that we do for God
2: Precisely that's a very very (laughs) neater way of putting it (laughs) <laughs> yeah um, i just thought it was a fantastic piece and um really okay. engaging and um just a great metaphor uh the cobwebs yeah i think the,
0: the other one i was interested in is uh, your comments on um, isaiah 58 where you talk about at the start of lent we may wish to pause and consider what the Lord truly seeks from us. What is the purpose of spiritual discipline and abstinence and what should they achieve? Lent is about an inward transformation that changes the outward behavior. And I think that's what the prophet Isaiah was seeking to encourage people to see. It it was about the change of their heart towards the poor and the injustices in the world and to, Uh, and to make that the focus of their life. Mm.
1: Okay. Yes, yeah, always looking outwardly. So that uh, the, the prayer and the penitence, it all has a purpose. Like when Jesus went into the wilderness for 40 days, he, he came out and as soon as he went out, he was teaching around Malachi and proclaiming the news. And so he was energised do this, because he'd spent that Lenten, if you like, time, mm.
2: you,
1: but all as a purpose, and it's to, to look outwards towards the world and towards other people. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so that
0: was, that was the one that I, I was quite interested in. I um, don't know if you want to comment on Laura?
3: Uh-huh. I was um, I was really thinking about I, I, I really um was struck. I think it was today's one, the, the chickens, the cows, and discipleship, and um, and thinking about you know thinking about Lent and thinking about you know that there is and you draw that there is a cost in discipleship. Jesus makes it very clear that being his disciple will cost you, you, and it will cost every part of you. And I think, um, and I was thinking about how, you know, quite often, I think especially whenever, you know, you become a Christian or you go further into your journey as a Christian, Mm -hmm. it can actually be a wee bit, um, it can be a wee bit overwhelming and it can be a wee bit frightening as well and disconcerting about how radically you change, you know. And sometimes, you know, it's like you, 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 it, it takes bravery, you know, to keep going with the flow, you know, kind of keep going like we need, you know, instead of, you know, retreating and like, oh, I want to be my old self. I want to kind of cling to that, you know, the, the the bits of me, you know, that that I know and, you know, and it, but it does, it takes bravery to kind of like, let's say, um, and, it, and it does cost you. And so then that links in with the one, you know, that the clearing away the cobwebs, you know, because I feel that this time, you know, this time of reflection, you know, getting into the wilderness, you know, you're getting into the wilderness and like, well, what bits, what bits do I not need anymore? What bits of me are, you know, can I leave behind, you know, in the desert here that aren't, and it's, uh, it's, and again, it's like what I was saying at the beginning, you know, you know, it takes bravery, you know, to, to be able to kind of be fully present. I think, you know, it really does take bravery to, um, you know, really go forward in your journey in Christ as you transform. Um, because people round about you as well mm-hmm. notice this change and then it can be a wee bit disconcerting for them too. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very much about finding yourself, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And uh, discovering things that you didn't even realise. I mean, if you think about the cobwebs again, and uh, it's when the light shines on them that you see, you see them. And, you know, when the light of Jesus shines on you, then uh, you maybe become aware of things lurking there that You mm-hmm. hadn't thought terribly important before, but then you maybe realise sometimes it's other people too that, that help you, and not mm-hmm. only um, maybe, maybe <coughs> for example something like uh uh-huh. because
3: okay. having that having that I think that's why it is really important to you know especially I think you know within you know the Church of Scotland. You know, you know, to be able to reclaim this time, you know, this time of Lent and reflection, you know, because it does take time to be able to kind of do your spring cleaning, you know, <laughs> to clear away the complex and just be able to sit and reflect. Do
0: you think, uh, I was picking up there from John, you know, do you think there's a night, a, a place for, I suppose personal reflection, but also collective reflection, where you trust someone, you let someone in. I mean, it's quite that's scary as well to yeah. start talking about the areas where you would like help to improve or to to pull me up when I do this wrong, or or you know, or or you end up kind of um, like your mentor or a, like a, a somebody who journeys with you in your Christian life. Do you think that's important?
3: Oh yes, I think most definitely, and I and I think that's something that um I think I think we've maybe kind of lost that where it would be good to be able to reclaim you know really reclaim that as well, you know because as brothers and sisters in Christ, you know we we you should be able to you know be able to make yourself vulnerable with each other, you know to share your heart and without judgment. For then that person helped raise you up, you know, help you kind of clear anything away that needs cleared away. It's just that to be able to have that trust and love, um, and I think that takes us kind of back to the 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 early Christians, you know, that they were, uh, you know, because you spent a lot of time together, and also the early Christians, you you had quite a long period of. Um, like what, 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 apprenticeship kind of thing, <laughs> <laughs> as well with them, you know. So, and it's learning from you and, and being able to trust that your brothers and sisters in Christ are more mature brothers and sisters in Christ. And that doesn't just mean age, that just means like, and you know, uh, like spiritual maturity.
0: So, do you think there's something about <clears throat> when this doesn't happen, if it's not happening? Do you think there's a sense in which maybe we don't care enough about one another and we just say, well, you know, it's not my business. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get involved in that. Uh, But if you really care for someone, are you not going to in some way want to, but journey with them, but Uh you can't push yourself onto someone, can you? You can't become, you you can't become I. you know, pain in the neck to someone or, you know, you've got to be invited to that role, have you not?
1: Maybe a bit of a cultural thing in Scotland. You think where people are, are, tend to be a bit private, reserved and don't want to get too close and reveal, reveal too much. It's, it's where I, I think, you know, the, the, the retreats Idea is a good thing. Being able to get away can't do it just now, of course. We can only meet online. But say, but when things are, are back, you know, when rediscovering the retreat, getting away for a few days, and then you, you open up the, the, the shutters a wee bit, you're more inclined to let people in.
3: Mm-hmm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know things. myself I've been um, I know I've been very grateful whenever um like brothers and sisters in Christ have held me accountable you know challenged you know me in, in a few things and and sometimes it can be a bit uncomfortable but you know that they've got your best interests at heart and actually It's always worked out for the best, you know. Um, But probably they felt, oh, should, you know, it it can be scary, I think. Really, there has to be that trust in the relationship that it's going to be taken, you know, with love, um, and that there's no judgment in it.
0: Of course, the question is, do we think, as individuals, are we concerned enough to make someone else our partner to hold his account you know a to I mean I know sometimes a you know those of us who are married will will have you know like some I've got a Martha who holds me to account regularly
2: (laughs) 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 and we're very grateful
0: (laughs) not everybody (laughs) but not everybody's in that situation and but but also there will be times where you know even it's not just even the the close family that that or your your partner that can do it you you need someone who's maybe out with that situation Mm -hmm. to to be able to talk
2: Mm -hmm. i think it's one of the things that was so striking john about the the metaphor of clearing away the cobwebs um because you know in your um the second paragraph so kind of in the in in the thrust of your reflection there. Um you kind of build up this picture of like little grudges building up, a touch of mm-hmm. envy, a bad habit here and there. And there's something about how, you know, that word that leapt out to me was unmoved. You know, when we're unmoved by something, we're unmoved by someone else. And then the dust accumulates. And so in terms of what you're saying there, Albert, I think there is a sense in which we need to have real Relationships and real, active relationships and part of being alive and knowing other people is a sense of kind of movement. You know that you're attending to someone, and I think the danger can come sometimes when people feel like they're on a mission to like correct you or solve you or whatever, because then that's just coming from a place of judgment. You know, and I think we need to to get better at at kind of looking for that kind of feedback and whatever, but also having a kind of sensitivity to who that person is and what they're maybe carrying today and, and and what they're going through. Um because otherwise, you know, you kind of reach uh, perhaps an unhealthy dynamic, you know, for everyone involved. Um whereas, you know, in terms of the the metaphor, it's that sense of being movement, being alive, dusting, clearing it out, you know, not letting the dust pile up, not letting the misconceptions or resentments or whatever pile up. But actually Brush them aside and and move on and start a new day. Open a window, you know that whole thing, and just let the air in. Um, and just keep it alive, you know, keep our relationships alive and um, and real.
0: I think that's a very good point about like keeping things alive, and and having the right to speak to someone because you journey with them, because you see them regularly, because they are you you're you're in you're in motion together. Yeah. But it's when somebody who doesn't really know you breaks into your situation then that's almost like a, a it's almost like an interference isn't it i
3: think if the i i think sometimes as well you have to trust that the holy spirit's working you know working you know yes. through, you know the holy spirit's working through people and and it's trusting in that that you know if if you sense that well actually I, I, the I'm I'm being um, the Holy Spirit's, you know, compelling me to, you know, raise this, you know, and when you you know you've prayed on it and you're like, yeah, this is the right time to raise this, you know, and then you're doing it with the best intentions and in love, um, and and I think sometimes actually sometimes whenever it's people that maybe don't know you so well, that can be whenever it it makes the biggest impact you know, that somebody has come into your life and can see, like, something, you know, they're trusting in the the spirit, you know, like, well, I'm being asked to, you know, share this, you know, challenge this, you know, just get Mm. alongside somebody. Um, But sometimes whenever it's somebody that, you know, you maybe don't know quite as intimately, it can be, it takes you back and you're like, all oh, right, i really need
2: to think about this yeah mm-hmm. mm-hmm. i remember reading um a while back about this idea of weak ties um you know so so people in i think it's in kind of sociology and and the idea of people who are connected to you but not too closely the kind of friend of a friend or whatever mm-hmm. and the idea of stressing the importance of weak ties in our lives because quite often the job you'll get or the relationship you'll start or the fantastic new journey you'll go on will be as a result of a weak tie. You know, because uh-huh. it's it's it's, you know, even, you know, Albert and I getting back in touch after several years, you know, through our connections at Carberry years ago. Mm-hmm. And he was, you know, you're someone that was kind of on my radar, I know a bit, and you know me a bit, and we bumped into each other. And and then, you know, you got me on board doing Sanctuary First stuff, which was which was great. And and I think it's sometimes we should be open, as you say, Laura, to the spirit using these weaker ties in our lives. Um, so you do want that respect and you want to be careful when um, when interacting with one another. But I think, I think, yeah, we should also be open to um, uh, how we can be surprised, you know, and entertaining angels unawares, as of course it says in Hebrews. So, um, yeah. yeah, Keep an open mind.
0: Yeah. What do you think of this idea that John came up with, with the trumpet call? He talks about he loves the book of Joel. Do you want to say something
1: about that, John? Yes, I. It was day three. Last night, last night. the day I was vaccinated.
2: <laughs> hey, you were blowing a the trumpet then. <laughs> I was, yeah. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, I mean, it's a strange, strange wee book, really. The beginning of the Book of Joel. It seems quite a serious state of affairs they were in. And it sounds like some sort of plague. eh, And it was locusts, locusts, eh, and and it made the place go dark. And if you try and imagine what it must have been like, all the the crops getting gobbled up and so on in, in the days when... They relied very much upon the harvest. Mm. Uh, you know, there are parallels to what we've been going through with this pandemic, which has been quite scary for a lot of people. Um, and I think, I think, you know, what, what jumped out at me there was how the prophet Joel Still able to praise God and talk about God being gracious, and uh, you know, look forward and hope. And I thought, what a wonderful, wonderful message for us in this time of Lent when we're a lot of us are locked, locked in, locked down, uh, and we're, we're thinking perhaps a lot more than we might normally when we're busy we have got a lot more time in their hands to think and we are bombarded with all sorts of opinions and the news and so on. It's good to sit back and remember that all these centuries ago, there was a nation in turmoil and there was a prophet bringing hope, talking about God's love and graciousness and uh, how he would see them through this uh, plague that they were having, we call it, we call it a pandemic. Uh, And you know, the the idea of the trumpets sounding in a day when we are not allowed to sing out in public, (laughs) to be able to to think about blowing a trumpet soon. Just a wonderful thought, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Lots of hope there looking forward.
0: Yeah, I think that's the thing we need to talk much more about. This James James had picked up in this idea of Lent being a, can we move it to a place of transformation, where it's about transforming us to be people of joy and hope and and speaking a future into people's lives, mm. and and also trying to get I think the right balance again, getting things. You know, this phrase that uh, uh, I know Biden's been talking about and others have talked about building back better, you know. Oh, if we could only do that, wouldn't that be just wonderful if we could uh, build back better relationships that are broken and situations in churches where we go back, but we build it, we build back better into a better place and into building back into the community to be a better kind of place and uh, a...
1: There's so many ways in which we could look at all this lockdown as an opportunity. An opportunity to look forward and see how we're going to do things differently. Almost, like, with a thin sheet. Mm-hmm. So much to, to you know, so much to rejoice about that God can do in us and in the church. So I think the trumpets will be sounding, but uh, I think I I mentioned that mm. we ought to blow our trumpets in humility as well. Yeah. That, that we, the emergence of something new as God's doing.
3: Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, that
1: God's doing. I think that
0: <clears throat> I think that is the answer to. To be aware of what god is doing and to to join in with what god is doing rather than rather than starting off to do something on our own
3: yeah because it's been like a time of and as we still carry on you know there's this time. of it's like a collective you know it's a collective reflection you know mm. a collective um clearing away of you know the cobwebs and, and you know, and you think, well, that's it. We're getting rid of the things that no longer serve us, you know, within our worship space, you know, within our, you know, really making us think about, well, what what is important? What is sacred? You know, people are, you know, this past year, all the questions that, you know, people have been asking, you know, is what is sacred and, you know, what what are the things that, you know, what do we What are the things that are kind of, you know, holding us back and our worship and praise, you know, that are keeping us from God? You know, so I, I just have this and when I read that, you know, and when I and when I read Joel, it was it was just this like, ah, oh, it was like just so wonderful, you know, to hear the trumpets sounding and it was so <laughs> joyful and oh yeah, and you're saying, Oh, what's it gonna be like? <laughs>
2: I was uh, just trying to have a quick scan there, John, and, I, and I'm pretty sure that on almost all of the days there's transform or some cognate of transform um, in your pieces. You know, it's interesting this um, recurring uh, theme there, um, which I think is really um, interesting. And and I think I've talked about this before uh, on the weekly review, but I remember um, coming across through the storytelling community this idea that uh, clapping why we clap at the end of a story or whatever is to break us out of the the kind mm-hmm. of spell that we've been under in the story because you listen to something and you lose track of your sense of time and where you're going and um, you're lost in the story and then we all clap and it's the same like at the end you know when you're at a like a concert and everyone's not sure at what point you're meant to clap you know because if you start clapping then you break you break the the kind of experience that we're under and so I think there's something there but the trumpet you know because a trumpet that that breaks you out <laughs> where you are you can't yeah. you can't you know i mean you can play a trumpet soulfully and and what have you and and i'm sure in a kind of bittersweet way but it, it's going to make itself heard right you can't avoid a trumpet um and you you know you you highlight there in in the reflection the idea that the trumpet was to announce the lord's favor uh towards the people and i think we often read the bible as if it's um god to us as an individual but there's also so much in the bible that's god to a community Mm -hmm. and i think you know in terms of what you were saying laura about this being a thing that we've kind of gone through together you know i I think there's something interesting when the trumpets start up again and we almost had that you know last summer with the clapping you know that that kind of that we did on the step that there's this sense that there's gonna be a wake up after this um that's gonna break us hopefully out of ourselves and, and 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 maybe build back um build back better
0: and this is picking up in the themes next week, which we're going to be talking about a signs, symbols, and the covenant and promises. The Sunday morning service, Sunday services, we're going to kick that, that off with this idea of signs. And the trumpet is like a sound, the trumpet sounding is like a sign of awakening. And I think that's what we need to be looking for now. Is looking for the signs eh, that eh, God is at work, and <clears throat> this picks up what we're going to talk more about. I think we should be talking more about in sanctuary first is the place of symbols and signs eh, in the in the Bible, as as not in prophetic ways, but as 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 communication, like letters, like like communication, you know we, we, we've used words so much to communicate, but um, the Bible is also full of imagery
1: mm-hmm. and
0: full of story and, I, and, and and the prophets were enacting out things and we have reduced so much to, you've probably heard me say this before, but propositional theology into propositions, propositions. I believe this, I believe that. You can believe what you want, but if you don't live it, you don't believe it. So stop arguing about it, you know, if you're not living it. No. Exactly.
2: You know, Absolutely. And,
0: and I think this is a big area that we, we need to think more about. All these propositions that, that are sometimes just head knowledge, mm-hmm. you know, to decide what side of a line you're going to be on theologically if you get the right, the right proposition.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But not, not that that's not important, but I think what I'm trying to say is there is a, a rich language in signs and symbols and storytelling and in pictures mm-hmm. that we, we, need to, we need to regain.
2: Yes, I read um, a review. This uh, I think it was, came out last year. There's a, a reissue of this thing which I didn't know existed. Which was the I think they call it the Jeffersonian Bible, um, but it was Thomas Jefferson, as in you know the U.S. president uh, back in the day, who decided that he was a fan of Jesus, but he didn't really like the kind of weird stuff you know or anything that seemed miraculous or a bit uncanny and strange and he was you know a creature of enlightenment and rationalism and so he decided that the bible as is the new testament as is wasn't really up to scratch and so he'd take it on himself and i don't think he intended it to be published or, or certainly wouldn't find a platform for it but he kind of worked on this as a kind of hobby um, and, uh, and it's really interesting hearing the kind of reviewer talking about it and the idea that like like yeah you can sort of drill down and be like well jesus was a good moral teacher and he said this and that but you just lose so much of the point and the story and the immersion and the as you say albert all these pictures and these images and and the the real life that was lived that all matters you know you can't just boil down jesus to a bullet point list of you know be kind and do x and do y because you miss you miss the whole point you know we're invited into a mystery to a story into a relationship uh, that's so much bigger than just absolutely just just bullet points live
0: it let's live it you know it's it's this incarnational thing live it and that's where the sacrifice john that's where the sacrifice you're talking about where the cow says it's all right for you (laughs) you know i love that (laughs) joke but it's actually it's it's is, it's quite profound, isn't it?
1: Well, it's that's right. You know. I know, that's right. Uh, yeah, because the cow would have to give its all, really. And, and that is what Jesus was demanding. Not demanding, but requiring. Requiring of those who would follow to be, to be willing, to be willing to give their all. Uh, <clears throat> But you know, come back to the the idea of signs and imagery. Mm. You know what, the teachings of Jesus, the coats, and that's say for example, the, the I am in John's Gospel, the light of the world, the good shepherd, the door, the door, the, the, the true vine. It's all imagery, isn't it? Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: it's all imagery that has a, but has a. It's imagery that's open for the theologian to do the hermeneutic, but the imagery is there first. The 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 the, the picture is there. The the language is there.
1: It's telling a story. I even events like the water into wine, for example, you know, and the difference between knowing Jesus and not knowing Jesus. It's between water and wine. Uh-huh. There will sparkling wine too.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: But the uh, signs and symbols are recognised in today's society and sometimes taken from the Bible. And the most obvious <clears> is the rainbow, which has been adopted by various groups these days. But it goes right back to Noah, the sign of hope. Yeah, we're
0: going, to, we're going to be talking about that on Sunday. Uh, the, the Church of Scotland, some mm. uh, J- yeah. Peter Johnson up in uh, Aberdeen has made a sea shanty of uh, the Noah story. Yeah. Uh, have you heard it? No, I haven't heard that.
2: No? Yes, oh, I-
3: I, there's quite a few. From the church involved in
2: it it's, yeah, it's, it's good. really good yeah. it's, so it's so we, the thing we, at the moment sea shanties yeah. sea shanty? <laughs> so you're going to
0: hear you're going to hear this on sunday we're going to play it on sunday and uh, <laughs> uh, it's good very good
2: yeah brilliant but i think in terms of you know what you said there john about what how people speak you know and, and, and not how people speak but how people relate at the moment you know and i think images are really important yeah. um and i think in our culture um you know, like Marshall McLuhan was writing about 50, 60 years ago, but the medium is the message. And I think, you know, how we communicate and what we're saying and the way we're saying it all matter. Um, and we need to kind of reclaim some of that kind of creative and artistic energy, I think, um, in, in how we communicate. Yeah,
3: It's about connecting with people's, it's about connecting with people's hearts, you know, because that's where the, the transformation is going to come. You know, you can understand it, you know, you know, logically, but that doesn't mean that you feel it. That doesn't mean that you experience it. And that's how, you know, the, the stories and the, the signs and the imagery are, are so important because that's how we connect and how we can share with each other, you know, things that might not really make sense, but, but we can share it in that way
2: c.s lewis talks about that doesn't he about how he you know got to a point where he kind of accepted the idea of christianity and faith as the best way of looking through things but he felt nothing had no connection and kind of felt like he kind of didn't really want to give into it and and how that kind of was Mm -hmm. a a gradual process of him being like well let's let's pretend for a bit let's imagine what if what if and then Mm -hmm. digging further and further and i think you know we need to be Kind of wooed a bit into our into our faith sometimes, don't we? We need to be yes. willing to be enter into that um, world of the imagination and and our deepest kind of uh, feelings and the heart, as you say, Lord.
0: I wonder if you can take us back uh, to Len Sweet when he was with us in our uh, reimagining church hmm. conference in 2019 for the the sanctuary first member. We had about 150 people at our conference. And Len Sweet is a well-known a, a modern-day c- communicator and commentator on 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 the on the changing and the, ch- the changing culture around us. And he, he was talking about he he's talking about this very thing about how we use semiotics. He was talking about mm-hmm. and that's what we were talking about. And he was talking about how the Bible is full of semiotics. And he, it's our he talks about it's our almost like our. Uh, vernacular language for the church to be able to talk in signs and but he says the world is better at it than we are and he gives an illustration and he showed two adverts but I remember one advert and it was I don't know if you remember it was a snowy night there was a man walking through the snow and he was struggling through the snow and then all of a sudden a pack of um, huskies appear and they're all they, they surround him in the snow and the next thing you see is this man snuggling into the huskies in the snow what is he advertising what are they advertising and you go what are they advertising and then comes up the caption the caption says um we got it here um to embrace the stranger as one of us it's our nature oh. and then comes up a sign for a group of hotels
3: <laughs> <laughs> I bet that's it you've got the coziness the warmth oh that love and protection oh yes <laughs> and it's a parable
2: yeah so it's, it's a parable and it's got a twist yes. Because, to, you know, like the, all the dogs circling and you're like, oh, he's dinner. He's, they're going to lunch him. Uh, but there's a twist, like in The Great Parable, there's a twist.
0: To embrace a stranger as one of us is our nature. But I think the reality is, as, as Sweet says, the world always takes something really good that belongs to us and just twists it and doesn't get it right. It's not our nature, but it's our redeemed nature. And, uh, you know, he's just talking about how we do still need the words. And I think that's right. So it's not that I'm trying to say we can't use, we shouldn't use words and we shouldn't have words within the life of the church, but we need to be able to use them in the right context in in this world we're living in to communicate. So I think that's where I would love to see more of sanctuary first exploring more and more of that kind of art form where you're using music and images and visuals and to 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 communicate with people that that little bit of mystery because Jesus does it all the time doesn't he he tells the parable yeah. and you say what is that all about mm-hmm. and he says those who have ears let them hear come on boys we're on our way we're going somewhere <laughs> else you <laughs> It's almost as though he throws it out for people to to think about.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and that's it, Albert, you know, for like so many, I think for Sanctuary First, so many in our community are are people who who are, are they're seeking, you know, they're seekers. Um and they maybe being, you know, that they they're maybe not used to, you know, church or they have been involved in church and maybe been you know burned um so they're looking for something they're looking for something different and i think you know this being able to you know retell things Mm -hmm. through through music and art and to get people you know just reflect themselves you know and take them into this experience um you know it's it's and that way you're not it's not it's not just a tale it's a it's not just you know we're not just telling you you know we're, we're taking you on a journey with us we're allowing you to think for yourself and to discover you know discover this relationship for yourself
0: yeah I mean I've seen I've been trying to today we're not doing it very well but we will get better at it to try and bring in the the group of people that are looking into tonight you know and and I just noticed that uh, um, um, Margaret says images are more memorable than words you know and uh, I think it's the people are picking up in that because it is true images are more memorable in fact some in Chinese communication anyway some of their words are actually images and pictures and such like mm-hmm. you know in so all that is so important, and of course tomorrow, Laura, you're going to be. Can maybe we're coming near the end of our time together tonight, but tomorrow you're in, you're going to be taking people on a journey.
3: Yes, uh, both me and James. Yes, we are for a um for a. It's our, going to
0: be three hours. A three-hour three retreat, John. Yes. You can. It. You. You. Three you're hours maybe, too of to sign, you're maybe too late to sign. Too late to sign up, John. But you can watch the, the, the videos are on the site, are they, for people yes,
3: to watch? Yes. Uh-huh. so we've got three sessions, and um, we're um, we'll be taking people. The first session is like um, meeting God and sitting in His presence, and then we're then going out for a for a, a journey, you know, with God, to, you know, catch a glimpse of his glory. And then we're coming back, you know, to just reflect on what that what that means for us, you know, right now, you know, in this moment in time. So we're really looking forward to it. Um I know some people might be a wee bit nervous about, you know, doing a retreat online, but Actually, there's going to be so much. It's I think it's really nice because people can do it. It's like in the comfort of their own home, in their own space. You know, God's coming in to their space, you know, and making it sacred. And each of your sessions will start with us coming together, but then you go off and you have this time with just you and God. And hopefully that you know you'll you'll have something there'll be something even if it's just the one thing that you'll be able to see with new eyes by the end of it um or even if it's just coming in and getting a wee bit a wee bit of peace and quiet then you know that that'll be um that'll be a real bonus as well so we're really looking forward to it, aren't we james
2: oh i know it's a it's a really cool thing to be a part of and And I think this idea of doing a retreat where you are is quite cool because I've enjoyed going away on retreats and things, but there's often a danger of kind of associating the place, you know, as being like, and obviously spaces are are special and, and there's nothing inherently wrong with that. But it kind of shortens the distance of taking what you've learned from a time of retreat to your normal life if you actually haven't stepped that far from your normal life. And it's almost like the same lessons we've been learning about weaving so much more of our church uh, and spiritual life together in interesting new combinations over the past few years um i don't like using that phrase spiritual life so i have to apologize because it's all connected right it's not a spiritual yeah. life all of life <clears> is <throat> spiritual so i apologize Absolutely. for saying spiritual life but our spirituality um has been um mixing in lots of new ways and so i think one of the nice things about retreats like this is it gives you a chance to um yeah mix that sense of of going away and learning something while actually being present and being here at the same time. And I think that's really exciting.
0: Well, listen, we've done really well tonight, let's uh, we, we, without, without, without the doctor. <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah, it's- this, this volume button down. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's been a wee bit difficult for you, John. I'm sorry about that. If those of you listening in may wonder, the, if you can solve the problem for John we would like to know he's on a Mac and every time every time he speaks this microphone seems the volume goes down and he's got to try and bring the volume back up again so there's something so John there. has
2: been single-handedly or single-fingeredly fighting fingeredly fighting trying to get fighting the volume
0: me. up in his in his microphone in his computer So, but thank you so much
2: for persevering John and it's been so great to have you uh, on tonight and to hear um, your reflections and I think maybe Ray
0: will try and do a little bit of technical wizardry eh, when she gets the recording back and maybe eh, fix some of the volume levels for everyone to hear it back better but listen thank you so much John for being with us tonight and for sharing and for writing uh, your material because people really do enjoy what you write and find it very, very encouraging and helpful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. um so tomorrow, the retreats Sunday, um, but tomorrow you get seven o'clock prayers. My last, my last early morning prayer, but I'm still going to be joining, but my last morning prayers is seven o'clock and then is taking over for another two weeks. Yes. And we've got we're making plans slowly but surely to grow this say this say whole experience of early morning prayer live. But it is working really well, isn't it, Laura?
3: Oh it is. it's, uh, it's the, the community is really enjoying it and you can uh, it's it's so lovely to see what it's meaning for people to come together, you know, as to pray together. Um, and I am really looking forward to coming back um, on Sunday morning uh, is whenever I start again so I'm looking forward to that
0: so are you going to pick up on the book of Philippines again are you going because I'm not going to get it finished
3: I well do you know that's actually one of my favorite that's one of my favorites so I, I think I might just do that
0: Oh, that'd be good. Just yeah. do that. We'll keep. them. Um, there's a quite an ex, expository ministry going on in 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 you know just a verse at a time yeah. over the. Yeah, it's a great way to people just look at the scriptures in the morning, just a short short reading, yeah. and reflection. Mm-hmm. So listen, guys, that's us. Time up, um, and uh, have a great weekend. And uh, we'll see you all soon.
3: See ya.
1: Bye.